When it comes to your job, do you feel empty? Like you're working without purpose? Maybe you feel like you have more to give or that what you're doing doesn't really matter. Well, here's the truth. God sees you and is with you and longs to give you His grace and power to work as if it's your calling and ministry. Coming up, how you and I can approach our daily routines with the attitude and mindset of Christ. Here's a preview from our teacher, Mark Job on Moody Presents. There is a middle ground where work is not an idol and work is not a curse, but where work is a calling and an act of worship. Now, I know that some of you are struggling even when I say that because you say, Pastor, you don't know where I work. I mean, if you knew where I work, you would not think it's a calling. Welcome to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger. Our big picture view here is God at work, the sacred value of what you do. And today we launch a message called Turning Your Work into Ministry. We'll explore the biblical idea that no matter what job we have, we can turn it into a ministry. Amazingly, we'll discover that there is no difference between a so-called secular and a sacred job if you approach your work as doing it for the Lord and not man. You can be nailing shingles on a roof, driving a bus, teaching second graders, waiting tables, running a small business, driving kids to school, or farming a field. Whatever you do for work, if you are a Christ follower, it can become a call of God if you have a godly mentality. We're about to learn what all that means, and if you can, turn to Colossians chapter 3 as we work our way through today's Moody Presents. Here's Mark Job. You know, I run into a lot of people that have a mentality that separates the sacred from the secular. When they think about work, they think secular. When they think about church or ministry, they think sacred. And we have this mentality that there's two worlds. There's the holy world and the secular world. Many of you, if I were to ask you about your job, I mentioned last week that there is two extremes about how we think about our job. Some of you go to work just to get a paycheck, and you endure your job. Oh, Jesus, give me strength to make it through one more day at work. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And some of you view your job as a curse. Like, all right, I guess I have to go to work. It's my curse. It's my cross to bear, but I'll do it because I have a mortgage payment or a car payment or my kids are in college, and so I guess I have to do it. That's one extreme. The other extreme is we sometimes idolize our work, and our work is our life. We view our work as our identity and Everything revolves around work and our position and our paycheck and our advancement. We wake up thinking about work. We go to bed thinking about work. Uh, what happens at work determines our identity. And if we were to get let loose of our work, there are some people out there when they get fired from their job, they go commit suicide because when they've lost their job, they've lost everything. So there's two extremes. One is Work is a curse, and I just go there to get a paycheck. Another one is work is my identity, and everything in life revolves around that. And last week, I told you that those two extremes are both wrong. There is a middle ground 
Where work is not an idol and work is not a curse, but where work is a calling and an act of worship. Now, I know that some of you are struggling even when I say that because you say, Pastor, you don't know where I work. I mean, if you knew where I work, you would not think it's a calling. But, but, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that because I believe, hear me well, listen to me, I'm going to give you a challenge today. You may be washing dishes at a restaurant downtown, or you may be managing a company, or you may be an accountant or an electrician or a carpenter, you may be a teacher, a fireman or a policeman, uh, you may work at a hospital as a, in doing nursing, you may be a, a, a caretaker for the elderly, uh, you may work at a daycare, I, I don't know what your job is, we have literally thousands of jobs represented here, but I do know this, that it's not the job that you do, it's the mentality in which you do it that determines whether it's a blessing or a curse. In fact, my job, my goal today is to have you go to work on Monday morning with this mentality. I'm going to my ministry. I'm going to my ministry. I'm going to my calling. I'm engaging in the calling that God has given me. Uh, think about it. Think about how things would change if you got up on Monday morning and thought to yourself, hey, I'm going to my calling. This is part of what I'm called to do, part of what God has gifted me to do, called me to do, empowered me to do. Uh, this is something that God is giving me the strength and not only that, but giving me his grace to be able to do. If you started viewing it that way, think about the difference that it would make. Now, down through the years, by the way, and I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3 because that's the passage that we're going to be focusing on. But down through the years, there have been different views of work. In the medieval church, Around the time, in the, in the 15th century, around the time of Martin Luther, not Martin Luther, the civil rights reformer, but Mar Martin Luther, the theologian, the monk-turned-pastor uh, who brought about what's called the Reformation, there was two extremes that existed also in his day concerning work. Uh, the, the medieval church believed that well, they believed sort of that there was this, that they were going to dominate society, that the church would dominate society. And so uh, many of them had this sort of triumphalism that thought that the church should run government and the church should run every institution. And there was struggles in power be, be, between the uh, powers to be of the church and the government. And at that time, uh, sometimes uh, uh, kings were excommunicated from the church and the people high up in the church got involved in politics big time and sometimes the 
the leaders of the church were more powerful than kings and queens, and so the church got involved in a lot of politics and a lot of state affairs, and the medieval church believed that the church was there to bring, uh, to, to dominate society and to sort of establish the kingdom. It was triumphalism that we should rule the world. Then there was another extreme that was labeled the Anabaptist movement not directly related to the Baptists of today, but it was called the Anabaptists. And many of the Anabaptists believed that the world and anything that was secular was evil and that they were simply to be about the things of the kingdom. So they did, did not get involved in politics. They did not vote. They did not do military service. They withdrew from anything that revolved with society and the world, and they believe that they should only focus on spiritual things and that any involvement in the world was evil and was secular and they should abstain. So there was two extremes. One, that the church is to rule the world and dominate society. And secondly, that the church is to have nothing to do with secular society, voting, politics, social order, and is just to devote themselves to the things of uh, the spiritual things. Those two extremes still exist in today's Christianity. And, and you see some people struggling with those both, both extremes. How about it? Have you seen it? I know a lot of pastors, a lot of teachers. Some are really, really, really involved in politics and believe that that's what should, what should happen and that the church should be exercising politics and determining laws and that the whole focus should be that the United States should be a Christian nation and the law should be Christian and the president should be Christian and that we should basically exercise influence and dominion over this country. And oftentimes at churches like that or, or people engaged in that, you'll hear a lot of politics being talked, candidates being promoted from the podium and from the platform. Oftentimes there'll be an American flag and a Christian flag on the platform. And the whole idea is we are here and we help rule the world with this Christian influence. On the other hand, you have people that totally abstain from politics, influence in society and discourage voting, don't get involved in social issues, and completely say that the church's job is simply to educate people spiritually and help them out. And how many of you have struggled between those two extremes and trying to figure out, hey, what is it that we should really, where, where does the church really stand? Anybody here? Yeah, I think most people do. They struggle with that. Martin Luther, in a sense, in the Reformation, he brought about this idea of there's no difference between the secular world and the sacred world. It's something that's taught in Scripture, but he reinstituted, and the idea was this. In the medieval ages, people that were involved in ministry, the clergy, the priests, and the pastors, they were viewed as people that had holy jobs with a calling in their life. And everybody else was viewed as people that just kind of did secular work. Martin Luther re-engaged in the idea of the priesthood of all believers. The idea that if you're a plumber, you have a calling on your life to do plumbing 
in Jesus' name, in a secular, in Jesus' name, and in a holy way, just like a pastor has a calling on his life to preach the word and pray for people and help people grow, that there is really no difference between calling, that we all have a calling, and all of our callings are holy. Some of you, that shocks you a little bit. We're used to talking to pastors or missionaries or evangelists and saying, well, you have a calling of God on your life to do the work of God. But what about the electrician? We view it sort of, well, that's just a job. He's an electrician. Became an apprentice, joined the union, goes to work, figures out his job hangs out with everybody else, but it's not a calling. It's sort of a secular job. And what Martin Luther taught is the priesthood of all believers and what Colossians chapter 3 teaches as well, and, and I believe this is the concept that I want you to grasp, is that according to Colossians chapter 3, if you're an electrician and you're a believer, then God has called you to the holy calling of doing electrical work in Jesus' name, and it may not be directly related to souls and prayer and the Bible, but it's directly related to the fact that God has a calling on your life, God has given you a job, and when you do it, you do it in Jesus' name, and when you do it in Jesus' name, it becomes a holy calling. Some of you have never thought of it that way. You've never thought that you're going to input information on a computer and that you're going to your calling. I hear people say sometimes, I wish I could just quit my job and just, just devote myself to ministry. And I want to challenge that thought a little bit, and I want to say that if you have the right mentality, you're already in ministry. Oh, hello, let me say that again. I don't think you heard me well. That according to Scripture, all of us here are in ministry already. That all of us here are ministers. That all of us here have a calling. And when you, go, when you get up and go to your mechanic shop, it's not like, well, I, the pastor goes to ministry, I go to my job. No, if you have the right mentality, your job becomes your ministry and you're going to your ministry and part of your ministry is fixing cars and helping them run but you do it in Jesus name and you do it with the values of the kingdom and for the purposes of God and with the help of God and presence of God because your job becomes a holy calling. You're listening to Pastor Mark Job, and this is Moody Presents. Colossians 3.23 tells us, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord and not for human masters. We're going to return to the second half of today's message in just a moment. By way of reference, we're calling today's program Turning Your Work into Ministry. It's part of a series of very practical messages you can hear at moodypresents.org. moodypresents.org. Well, since you're hearing Moody Presents, we're wondering if you'd consider helping Moody Presents. Would you be part of the team that helps guarantee this ministry's outreach? 
Right now, as you become a Moody Presents partner at a level of $30 a month or more, you'll receive half off your purchases at Moody Publishers. 50% off. Wow. Check it all out at our website, moodypresents.org. Back to our message now. And in order to have a ministry mindset in your work, you have to have a new attitude. Again, here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. I want you to understand what the Bible has to really say about your calling. In Colossians chapter 3, Colossians 3, through 24, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Let me read one other verse. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to, the, to God the Father through him. If you're ready here, I want you to take out your notes. I want you just to take some notes today because this is really important. I'm about to turn your job into a ministry. Change the way you look at your job in a whole new light. My goal is that on Monday morning when you get up, you'll view your job in a different way. So the Apostle Paul begins by telling us in Colossians chapter 3 that you can't have a new attitude towards life with an old mindset. So the first thing we need to understand is in order to have a new attitude, we need to change our mindset. You can't go to work as a minister if you don't have a minister's mindset. You can't go to work and see it as a ministry unless you, first of all, go with the mentality and the character of that I'm going as a representative of Jesus Christ. And so there's a couple things he tells us to do to prepare not only for our job, but if you're a husband, if you're a wife, if you're a child, if you're a parent, he tells us that this needs to be true of us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So how do you dress to do the work of God? Well, first of all, you starve the driving forces of the flesh. Every one of us here is composed of a spirit man and a flesh man, or a spirit, man, a spirit woman and a flesh woman. You have two competing forces inside of you that battle within you. You have the spirit, if you belong to Christ, you have the spirit that's driving you to become something that looks like God, and you have the flesh that's driving you in a different direction. There's not a person here that doesn't feel the battle between the flesh and the spirit. How about it? Did you feel it this week? The flesh telling you to go this way, the spirit telling you to go that way. I mean, we feel it all the time. There's a battle inside of us between the flesh and the spirit. And Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whatever belongs to the flesh, you need to start putting to death the flesh and start living to the spirit. 
So that needs to be a part of your regular routine is that you die to the desires of the flesh and you start living to the desires of the spirit. And he tells us basically what some of the earthly, fleshly desires are. Sexual immorality. That means anything, sex outside of marriage in any way, shape, or form is sexual immorality. Impurity. It goes beyond just sexual intercourse. It has to do with any kind of impurity, pornography, anything short of intercourse that's outside of marriage. Lust has to do more with uh, the mind, the, the lustful thoughts and desires, evil desires, desires that are apart from God, greed, the desire for material, material things that just boost us up and is not accompanied by a spirit of generosity, which is idolatry, by the way. He says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Secondly, take off the attitudes of the old self. Look what it says in verse 7. You used to walk in these ways. He's talking to believers and he says, hey, you used to be full of immorality. You used to be full of greed. That's who you were. But you know what? That's not who you are anymore. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. That was the old you. But now... You must rid yourselves of all such things, and now he deals with our attitudes. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language with your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its practices. Listen, some of you aren't aware of this, but when you come to Jesus Christ and give your life to him and he comes in in his spirit, there is this ongoing process of changing your life that we call sanctification. The Bible calls it sanctification. It's the taking off of the old and the putting on of the new. You have to start taking off the old practices and putting on the new practices. You have to start taking off the old man and putting on the new man. You say, well, pastor, I thought that all happens when I give my life to Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus and submit to his lordship, it's the beginning of that process, but it doesn't end there. Every day you're going to battle with taking off the old and putting on the new. And the Bible says that's who you were in the past, but that's not who you are now. So keep taking off not only those practices, but those attitudes of slander, malice, filthy language, anger, rage. That's the old self, so take it off and dress yourself with the new self. Number three, put on the mindset of the new self. Verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Whoa. And he tells us, take off the old working attitude and go above and put on a new working attitude. And so it starts, first of all, in us. Our change inside of us prepares us to see our job as a ministry. And then he goes on, and he tells us, take off the old working attitude and go above and put on a new working attitude. I don't have time to go through all of Colossians here, chapter 3, but I'm going to focus on that which relates to working. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, I read this to you already, he gives us this important, powerful verse, and this verse is, and whatever you do whether it in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, 
whether it's action or whether it's speech, you do it in the name of Jesus and you do it with an attitude of gratitude, whatever you do. We don't all get paid for the jobs that we do, but there's still a job. You may be a stay-at-home mom and you spend a lot of time changing diapers and doing things like this. That is a job. You don't see a paycheck for it, but it is a job. You do it in Jesus' name and you do it with gratitude. You may get up in the morning at 6 o'clock and jump on the orange line and go downtown, and as you're going to your job, you do the same thing. You do it in Jesus' name and with an attitude of gratitude. He's talking to us about erasing the secular from the sacred, the priesthood of all believers, and looking at our job, no matter what it is, no matter what we do, looking at it as a ministry. And then he goes on. And he talks to husbands and wives and children and parents. And then he picks the hardest job, the very hardest job that Paul could think of. Think of the worst job, the most difficult job that you can think of in today's society. And that's what Paul chose. And that job in his day was the job of, there was indentured servants, which mean that they were almost viewed as property of their masters. Uh, They were the equivalent to slaves, basically. You've been listening to Pastor Mark Job, and this is Moody Presents. We're learning to take off the old self and put on a new mindset in order to transform our work into ministry. We'll explore further when our teaching continues next week in this series, God at Work, The Sacred Value of What You Do. Hey, stop by moodypresents.org to listen again, to subscribe to our podcast, or to get in touch with us. Again, that's moodypresents.org. Our email address is moodypresents at moody.edu. moodypresents at moody.edu. For Pastor Mark Job, I'm John Geiger. We'll see you next time. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.